It's the Esports Connected Podcast, where we welcome members of the Esports Trade Association to share their experiences in the world of esports and gaming. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. Hi, everyone. Megan Van Petten with Esports Connected. Today, I want to welcome Mike Nichols. Mike has a passion for helping people think differently for improved results. As a former high-level basketball player and coach, he realized he enjoys finding solutions for others through coaching. His business is Elite Sports Mind 23, 23 after Michael Jordan. Now, Mike has developed seven pillars called the NEAT system. This is a six-week program to tune up your life. Mike, a great big welcome to the show. Thanks, Megan. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you, and we're so excited to learn about your pillars. Yeah. So, and I and I hear that you also have a presentation for us. If we could just walk through that, I'm I'm excited myself. Yeah, sure. Thank you, and you know, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share this uh, with people as well. So, I'm just going to share my screen with you now. One of the first pillars is communication, and there's a little I call this a recipe: event, thought, emotion, behavior, performance. So if we're looking at improving our performance or behavior, we reverse engineer this and we come back to what the thought is. Now, events happen all the time and we can't change those. We can't control those, but we can change what we think and what we feel. So as a demonstration, Megan, so I'd like you to think of one of your favorite places. You don't have to tell me what it is, but just think of one of your favorite places. Okay. Okay, now because it's one of your favorite places, that's your thought. I'm assuming you're having, you know, happy, it's creating happy emotions within you. Definitely. Okay. Now, when, when we're looking to change these thoughts, we introduce new elements into the thoughts. So if I was to say, to say to you, within that thought, can you quickly just introduce a floating giraffe just floating across the sky? Into that sure. Thought. Okay. And that's how easy it is to change your thoughts. We use our memories uh, to recall um, different behaviors uh, that we've created over our past, from past events. And just by introducing something differently, it changes our emotion within that thought. So this is just a little exercise that I use with people to help them how quickly they can um, change their thoughts. Well, that's really interesting. So my favorite place is the beach. And then what was floating in the sky was a giraffe. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how understanding that principle allows me to understand how to change my thinking. Okay. So let's say, take, for example, um, the the performance of an esports player, the, the suffering from pressure. Every time there's a pressure situation, they fall to pieces. Now, like I said, if we reverse that and reverse engineer that to the, the event, so they're playing the game and there comes to that moment where pressure starts to, to build. And this is where they have the thoughts. So they might be telling themselves, I'm not good enough. I failed in these situations before. So we look to introduce different elements. We change the recipe of the thought. And through changing that by removing the negative self-talk and inserting positive self-talk and maybe different images and different sounds, that creates a different emotion. 
And the emotion we want to create is something of calmness because when mm. the mind's calm, you, you're more able to deal with the moment in the moment. Because when you know when you're anxious and when you feel under pressure, you can make knee-jerk reactions, your, your heart's beating faster, your body tenses up, and you're more likely to make decisions that aren't very good. Right. Okay. Interesting. Can you think of anything where you felt under pressure before and you've maybe made decisions that aren't quite right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for everyone, it's public speaking. Right. Or for many. I shouldn't say everyone. but. You know, every time for me, even being on this show, I'm always feeling more pressure to deliver, right? So that that pressure is born from a thought. So somewhere down the line, you've thought of um, the, the idea of public speaking, which is an event. There's a thought there that creates that, that sense of anxiety, that pressure, uh, which leads to that emotion of, um, I don't know. What is it? Can you describe what emotion that you feel? Well, my emotion is, I guess, the value for time for people. Um, so that would be where the pressure is. You know, I just want to provide value and make a contribution and be yeah. of service. Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because some people thrive under pressure and some people fall to pieces under pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's clear that with the pressure that you feel, it brings out the best in you. So your behavior and performance is is a positive. Pressure for you is a positive. Interesting. I would have never known that. And see, this is why performance coaching is so important. It is, yeah. Um, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of some of these concepts sometimes. And they, they make an assumption just because things are as they are, you can't change them, but you really can. And this is what these seven pillars uh, help people do. So are you okay to move on to the next pillar? Yes, please. Uh, so core values. Um, the core values are the things that drive us, the things that inspire us to do what we, we want to do. Now, when I did this exercise, um, I, the first time I did it, I found 10. And, and 10 of those, they sometimes crossed over to each other. So the instruction then was to narrow them down to three. So my my three core values, and this is how I strive and, and try to live my life, is through accountability, balance, and calm. Mm-hmm. So if you have a quick look at that list, Megan, are there any values that stand out for you there? Sure. Let me look. This is a great list. Selecting 10. Boy, okay. I'm going to go through these. And let's see, my first one would be love, community, community, connectedness, honesty, leadership, purpose, courage, teamwork, sharing, to name a few. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what I used to do with the client is take those 10 and then we'd, we'd have a discussion about what each one of those means to them, because we all have our own interpretation of what that means. Um, out of those that you pick, Megan, is there any that, that kind of sit on the top that you just naturally drawn, drawn to and you think that is definitely me? This, that's how I want to live my life. Okay, for sure. And I don't remember if I named this in the top 10, but... 
I'm a big fan of Maslow hierarchy, the yeah. self-actualization. self-actualization. And one of the reasons why, you know, I chose faith and definitely self-actualization is because mm-hmm. if you look at that hierarchy, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to get done to be able to be at that creative, visionary, faithful mastery, if you will. That's right. Yeah. So the self-actualization is the one that sits on top for you. And if you if you had to remove everything else, that would be the one value that you'd strive to towards. I think so, because it just it covers a word that I love to use and it's flow. And one of my favorite things I used to do when I walked through when we had our office, and I would walk through the office and when I would see like people in their flow, like writers or salespeople or accountants and just watching them working and seeing them in their mastery, what is just fascinating to me. Not to mention, I of course love working in my flow too. And you could just feel when you're in flow and it feels so good and you're making a difference. So yeah, that creative, and it takes all those disciplines and accountability and it takes those you know, those first 10 building blocks for me to get to that top. So I'm pretty comfortable with my core value answer. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing. And again, that's important because when a client picks their three values, but they feel something quite isn't right, it means just a misalignment between how they're living and the core values. So again, that's something that we'd offer that support for. So if we move on to the next um, pillar, which is your ideal vision. Okay. So again, one of the other pillars, uh, which we'll come on to later, is your reality. So a lot of people, you know, we live our lives and our only reality is where we are today in this moment. Yeah, some people choose to live in the past or they choose to live in the future and they're totally ignoring and oblivious to what's actually going on. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. because something bad has happened or something bad is about to happen. They've had Mm -hmm. a bad experience and they can't shake it off. and it's important for people to recognize and accept this is my reality, good or bad. Because if you ignore that and you try and brush it under the carpet, you don't have a starting point to move on from. And I, so it's my job to help a client understand, look, you might not enjoy where your life is right now. You might, you might not enjoy how your performance is, but you need to accept it so we can start building and using the, the rest of the pillars to move you forward. So for, for you, Megan, what, what would you say your ideal vision is? My ideal vision, that's a great question. You know, I think how I would answer that today would be to really deep, deeply look at the purpose of my life and the contribution I make with the gifts I have and fostering my strengths. And um, I think that was one of the most challenging parts of my development was looking at the areas that I'm good at and staying within those areas and the areas where I'm less gifted, you know, delegating those to others. Yeah. And that's a great point you made there that you've recognized your strengths and weaknesses and you delegate, you know, the things that you know other people can do better. And then we move on. Oh, that's your reality. So we've touched upon your reality there. Uh, just briefly and again it's accepting where you are today it might not be where you want to be 
But again, this is the starting point for potential clients. And there's various examples here that we look at reality. So we look at income, freedom, relationships, performance, and confidence in an area of life. And then one of the other pillars is unrealistic expectations. So there's one person that I'm working with at the minute who's performing, but in a way he 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 told me that he's trying to live up to other people's expectations and that's mm. taking him away from who he is as a person because all these people are saying, if only you just did this, you'd be great. Mm. And that's causing an internal conflict with him because, first of all, he respects these people who are telling him this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's not who he is as a person. And when there's that misalignment between these unrealistic expectations, the performance can 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 be hindered. And we were talking about flow before. And when you're trying to live up to the unrealistic expectations of others, it does take you out of the flow because you're trying to you end up second guessing yourself, and you're trying to live your life for other people. That's great. And I wonder if you could go back even to that list. So it, you know, if you're if you're your value list doesn't even of, of those 50 words. If it's, you know, the 49th or 50 word, it's not even aligned with your value. That would be an unrealistic expectation. So just understanding knowing who you are is so important and what gifts you have is my yeah. hearing of this. That's, that's exactly it, Megan. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes you know, courage to look inside and say, this isn't who I'm supposed to be. This isn't. Mm who I who I am. I, I want to change because something isn't quite right. So again, it's raising this and having these conversations about your your values. And it, it all intertwines, like you said. Um, and then moving on from unrealistic expectations, we then bring the potential client to realistic expectations. So this is the expectations that you put on yourself which is very different than the unrealistic expectations other people put on you. And sometimes you have to be selfish uh, when you're um, figuring out your own expectations because you have to put aside the thoughts and feelings of other people um, because sometimes people can put things on you with the best intentions, not knowing what's actually going on in your head. Um, so it's very important for you to connect with your expectations, knowing what your values are. That's really great. And I saw a lot of people taking a look at themselves during COVID, our, our world timeout, and asking themselves, what talents do I have? What are my passions? What's holding me back? Boy, if I have all day to be at home, what am I reading? What am I finding myself doing? So I would imagine you must have been very busy doing your six-week you know, life tune-up program during that time because I'm just a really big advocate of this system. Thank you. Yeah, and you're right. It's there was there was a lot of reflecting going on because we had the the uh, the gift of time, didn't we? You we know, did. the world was put on pause, and what better time to to look at yourself and figure out how can I be the best person I can be? Right on. Um, okay, so moving on to one of the next pillars. So limiting and mistaken beliefs. So as we go through life, um, usually as children, we form our beliefs from our parents, from those who care for us, from our friends, from relatives. 
And at the time, we're not conscious of these beliefs that we're creating. Um, and usually they don't cause us any problems. But as we get older, our beliefs change, um, our lives change. Um, when we get to perhaps points where we are struggling with something, we have to kind of take ourselves back to specific moments and say, am I struggling now because I'm all holding onto a mistaken or limiting belief that's stopping me from moving forward? So the example I give is, if you imagine two teams, one's red and one's blue, and all your life you've been supporting the blue team. Now, the blue team at this moment in time isn't doing too well, uh, but you're supporting them and you're getting frustrated. Um, you're becoming anxious because whatever the blue team's doing, it, it, it's not working for you. You don't like it. But one of your friends supports the red team and the red team are doing really well. They're thriving. Uh, they're winning all the games and the person who supports them is really happy. Now, the, your friend comes to you and say, why don't you come and support the red team? It's brilliant over here. And you're like, well, I've always supported the blue team. So I'm going to stick with my, my, my beliefs, even though this, the blue team is causing you pain. So somewhere down the line, you formed a belief that supporting the blue team was the thing to do. So is it fair on anyone to stick to a belief if it's causing them pain, if it's causing them anxiety, um, when there's another opportunity here to support something else? So again, it's one of the questions I like to use is for what purpose do you do that? For what purpose do you choose to do that? So again, it, it allows the potential client to reflect and really consider, is that belief worth holding on to? And if it is, for what purpose? Why am I when it causes me so much pain? Interesting. I like what you talk about as far as like inherited beliefs. I was reading a letter from my great-grandfather wow. to my grandfather. And he titled the letter Decision Making. And he talked in the letter about how important it is to be decisive. And here I am, four generations later, a very, very decisive person. I'm all of that advice he gave. I read and I was like, oh my gosh. I inherited this skill. Yes. And I would imagine there can be a letter written about why being quick to decide on things can have an impact negatively as mm. well. For me, it's been a it was it was illustrated as a positive discipline yes. to have. Now, somebody can make the same argument. Don't be decisive. Take your time. Be adverse to risk. The whole story for me in sharing that is this is an inherited, deeply rooted belief that I found from my great, great grandfather. It was mind blowing. When you, when you read that letter, how old were you? I was just recently reviewing the letter. Okay. And it was actually during COVID. I was going through old boxes and old letters and then there are letters from my great grandfather to my grandfather. They're just copies that were shared in family uh, genealogy. 
Sure. And it was just amazing because yeah. in throughout many of the letters, there was about 10 of them, I had almost all of the inherited skills of which he was telling his son are important. So he passed them on to you. He, he had passed them on to me four generations later. You know, so it would make me think, Mike, what have I taught? What, if, what did I learn that needs to be unlearned mm-hmm. also yeah. without even knowing? I don't even know what I don't even know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this performance coaching is fascinating for me. Please continue. Yeah, thank you. We'll move on to uh, the next pillar, which is relationships. So if you think of the relationships within, so you've got you know the CEOs or the leaders, the managers, the, the players, they, there's all a relationship kind of string going through them. And sometimes relationships can thrive when everyone feels valued, when everyone feels understood, and when everyone feels supported. Um, problems occur at any level when there's a fracture in that relationship. And those fractures can occur quite quickly, in my experience, through just a word, a look, or a comment. Because, you know, we talked about communication earlier. Communication is always a two-way process. So the message that I send has an intent behind it. Now, how that's received it might be received in a different way, depending on the tone of my voice, depending on my facial expression and where the receiver's head is at that moment in time. And, you know, it's important to, as a leader, that you understand the, the kind of emotional intelligence behind communication because you want those people below you and in your organization to be the best they can be. So as a leader, your, your attitude has to be, what is it that I can do to help you thrive or to be the best you can be? And that is understanding people. Isn't that great? I just read a book right before we launched this podcast this year. And it is how one of the, one of the reasons we came up with the name Esports Connected. The book was Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Right. And I, I read the book. And I thought to myself, as a society, as a world, as a nation, we are all traumatized by the pandemic. Mm. Everybody. So what happens when we have trauma is we're going a little faster or we're going a little slower. And we're off that, the word you use is maybe alignment. We're out of alignment just a little. Mm. So... The discipline that I have chosen for me is to slow down because my trauma likes to go faster than, you know, like I got to go, I got to go. So if I slow down, I'll present myself to connect, not just communicate. Um, And there's there's a disconnect already as we're going through the world with our masks. We can't touch. We have to be six feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken a toll on our relationships. So I love that you have this as one of your pillars. Yeah. You you make a really good point because, you know, I'm used to hugging family and friends. mm -hmm. And 
you know, we're not allowed. And that does take away some of that, um, our ability to connect with people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this ends quite soon. But I think we're nearly there, aren't we? We're coming well, out. Well, you know, and then there's the post-trauma, you know? And so the, the mm-hmm. breaking through the barrier of the post-trauma to connect um, and the intelligence that's involved emotionally to understand so, you know, do I, do I, do, you know, there, there's a lot of awkwardness that we inherently have now. Um, you know, so I, I just love that you're, you're, one of your pillars is relationships and the developing of the relationship. It's just, as you can tell, I'm a big fan of the system. So what's the next pillar? Um, that's it. So that's the seven that we've covered. So it's reality, vision values beliefs expectations communication and relationships so that's the seven that's the seven yeah so tell me why did you develop the system um oh good question so because i I was a former high level athlete and coach um I, i i kind of got curious when i got to the end of my kind of playing career i was always curious as to why Firstly, I, I could play at a higher level. I'm five seven in the basketball world. I wasn't that that tall, and but so I must have been doing something that allowed me to compete with the taller guys. So I started off a research project around emotional intelligence, and what I discovered was I was just really good at anticipating by reading body language and facial expressions. Um, so the system kind of came about from all my putting together my experience, my training, my observations, my research, because I wanted to give back and help other people. Um, you know, not only in performance, but I'd, I'd heard stories about people suffering. Um, so I'd heard stories about, you know, worst case scenario, people committing suicide, uh, people dropping out of the game, um, you know, when they're at the peak of their performance, just through like I, I remember speaking to a former professional football player and he told me a story that he was, he was bullied. Uh, and th- this is someone who played at the top level and it, it's just not right. Some, some things that happen just aren't right, but they can be avoided with the right education. So the, the whole idea behind this is to, to kind of put everything together and present it in a way that, look, if you're struggling as a leader or, or a performer, then this can help you improve your performance and well-being going through this process. So it's about, it's about helping and giving back. You know, you know, one of the things that I feel with you is calm. When I first yes. talked to you on the phone, you know, um, I remember just, I like this guy. There's a calmness around him. So I'm not surprised that that's one of your top values. And um, I would imagine that you're an incredible performance coach for these intense athletes that are competing and everything's on the line for them. So, you know, when they have, when they're, if they're off and they need to regroup or recenter, um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because it sounds to me like it's one of your, you know, gifted values, working in your zone? Of course. So, you know, the coaching that I deliver, I purposely do it away from the playing environment or the working environment because 
<clears throat> when you you're when you're in that that's your own space, there's a sense of comfort and you're able to open your mind a little bit more without any distractions. Mm-hmm. So the idea then is to take people through the seven pillars where they're in a state of mind that's more accepting, that's more open, and explore more open to explore what these concepts mean without the fear of being criticized or judged. So we talked about you know operating under pressure earlier. So we create new recipes in this calm space. So when they then come into the game and they come into that moment of pressure, we've put in place a new recipe for them to practice. So all the training is done in a calm place. And then when they come into that moment, they, they, they're able to reframe their thinking and behave and think in a different way to help them overcome those moments where they've uh, suffered from in the past. Can you give me a couple ideas of who is the perfect candidate to hire you for coaching? I heard you say CEO. I think you know we talked earlier that we recognize that there are people in leadership positions now that have kind of graduated or found themselves moving up the ranks from being a professional gamer um, to leading organizations. And for me, it's it's very different from being a professional gamer to leading because you need, you need a different mindset. You need a different approach. Some people are great at making that transition. Uh, they just have this instinct. But then you've got something that I call purposeful leaders and accidental leaders. And the accidental leaders just find themselves in this position of leadership because they've just got a passion for for what they're doing, but they don't necessarily know how to bring everything together. But because they feel that they have a duty to do that, they do the best they can with what they've got. Um, But they don't necessarily have the tools to do that. So then they have, they shoulder these burdens and they feel stressed, they feel under pressure. They, they communicate in a way that's not productive. So it's those people that I'd like to help because when they're struggling, the whole organization struggles. But when they're thriving, that energy comes down and everyone feeds off that energy. And like, like I said, it's horrible when you're struggling. I've struggled in the past with things. Yeah. And I know it's not, I'm sure you have as well. And it's, it's not a nice place to be. Um, I know we're taught if we could have the solution rather than try and work through it, if we could find a solution like that, surely that's a good thing. I could do, you know, a whole series on coaching. I have had coaches my entire life. Um, well, since, yeah, I guess because we had coaches K through 12 and then I had coaches in college. So yes, even when I graduated college, so I, so I, I have actually always had coaches and it's mainstream now you know, who's your coach? We have coaching here at the Esports Trade Association for our board, for our individual board members, obviously for our leaders, for myself. I've never had performance coaching. What differentiates that besides, I mean, we've gone through the pillars, but um, when I hear performance coaching, I think, Mike, I want to win this tournament. How can yeah. I win it? Well, yeah. well, hiring you for six weeks make that happen. Yes. Yes, it will. It will. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it's it's not just me saying that. It's former people that I've worked with in the past. And on, on the, the PDF, you know, I've got the testimonies from people that I've worked with. I mean, the quickest turnaround was 45 minutes. 
Um, and this was a former professional basketball player who was who was representing his country. Um, he was known as a scorer, and for some reason, he was only adri- averaging five points a game. So he put something out on. Uh, he wrote a newspaper article. He had a column in a newspaper. I read it, reached out to him, said, "Look, I think I can help. Let's have a conversation." And what we learned is he'd create he'd created um, a mistaken belief from a conversation he thought he had with the coach. And from this mistaken belief, he began to behave in a way that um, made this belief a reality, even though it was wrong. So it was through asking specific questions, we got to the root of the problem, and then we reframed his thinking. So we, we changed the elements we were talking about before. And the next game, he went out and scored 20 points and hit 100% of his field goals, something that he'd never done before. So some people, you know, everyone's different. So some people really understand the the value that they have inside them and their ability to look at things from a different perspective. And for some people, it takes a little bit longer. And, you know, performance is about winning, you know, not only, only on the score sheet and the end result as a winner, but it's also winning and for yourself. And this is why it's a performance and well-being program, because if you're suffering internally, you're going to be turning up to games, but you're not going to be in the moment. You're not going to be able to find your flow. Um, and one of the other clients that I'm working with, he was uh, bullied. He, again, he played for his country and he was bullied. And this was five years ago. And he's he's never really played up to his potential because he was living up to the expectations of others. So we, we're now in the process of breaking those down so he can live up to the person he is. And he's just won, won a championship, but he feels so, you know, he had a good game, but for him, the, the important thing was I played like I am who I am. And that was the biggest goal. Yeah, it was the biggest outcome for him. And this is what I like about your program. People ask me, what can I do for work in gaming and esports. And I think the first and foremost important thing is to find out what you love to do and do that. And you don't just specialize in people winning the game. You specialize in finding people's gifts, values, and talents and have them win at life. And, you know, for that, I just... Thank you so much for being part of our community and helping people, you know, with their purpose and creating their life vision and mission and having them win at that. And it's just been a pleasure to have you on the show. Anybody that's interested in finding you, um, Elite Sports Minds 23, Mike Nichols, you can find him in our buyer's guide. He's a member of the Esports Trade Association. and. Regardless of what it is that you're competing to win, you can actually help. And uh, did you have any parting advice? Yes. I mean, so one thing that I've learned is our past um, is something that is part of us, but it doesn't define who we can be. We can always find a way to to find ourselves to increase performance. And it, it all starts with a conversation. It starts with reaching out and saying, look, Things aren't quite working out for me. What can I do? And so it, it comes, 
there's a sense of accountability. And like I said, until someone's ready or got a need or desire to improve, you know, we can't help them. They can't help themselves. So I encourage people to say, you know, it's a strength and it takes courage to reach out and ask a question. Can you help? That's right. Well, thank you for all that you do for our community. And Thanks, um, appreciate it. keep winning. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Esports Connected Podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. If you love what you hear, please be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. 